What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe O'Rico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Make sure you're checking us out there at EthosFantasyBB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes. Every bit of baseball content we share out over on Twitter does get reshared or shared directly from Ethos Fantasy BB. So make sure you're following us there. If you're not somebody who uses Twitter, fear not, you go to sportsethos.com. You hover over the MLB tab and you get those same articles every single day. I recommend if you listen to this podcast that you subscribe to it. That would be the easiest way to get those episodes right into your queue every single day. As opposed to searching for links, we do post links every single day, of course. But it's a lot easier if you do subscribe to the show, you get them downloaded, it helps us get more downloads, everybody wins at the end of the day. So go ahead and do that if you haven't done so already. Now today is Tuesday, so we're going to be heading back to the mailbag. Got a bunch of questions from you guys throughout the day, I really appreciate that. We're going to be touching on almost all of them. There's a couple Dynasty questions, and I figure if I don't answer the Dynasty questions, you guys will get the idea. Not to ask Dynasty questions, I've, I've said it a million times, I'm just not the biggest Dynasty player. I'd hate that, especially when you talk about draft picks and salary cap and years down the road and 6x6 six six and quality. I, there's so much nuance that goes into Dynasty. I don't play enough of it that I would give informed enough answers on it. So that's why I strict, strictly redraft over here. Every now and then, you'll get a Dynasty question that I'll answer because it's just, sometimes it's a very obvious answer. But it's usually not something that I go down. I don't usually go down that road. But let's start off with something. I got a bunch of questions in the DMs, in the mailbag tweet about Spencer Steer. Do I drop Spencer Steer? Is Spencer Steer going to have any value? And a lot of variations of, of that sort of thing. No, you're not dropping Spencer Steer. They're going to be rotating people in and out of this lineup in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, 10 or 11 guys are going to be fitting into a nine-person lineup. Right, Not everybody's going to be able to get in there every day. Today, Christian Encarnacion Strand is not in the lineup. Spencer Steer is back in the lineup. We're not dropping Strand because of one day out of the lineup. It's the same thing for Steer, and even more so because Steer has been amazing this season. Steer's been a top 100 fantasy player so far this year, and yet you're seeing his roster percentage go down on Yahoo. It was at 89%. It's down to 86%. Not a huge number of people. But it's enough people. Even just today, we're talking about more than 500 leagues drop Spencer Steer. I think it's crazy when you look at the fact that he has 14 home runs. He's combined for almost 100 runs and RBIs put together. You're talking about 45 runs and 51 RBIs, nine stolen bases. He's batting 272. You know, he's walking more than 10% of the time. He's striking out less than 20% of the time. He can play both corner infield positions. He can play the outfield. There's a lot to like there from a real-life perspective and a fantasy perspective. Spencer Steer is going to get his reps. There's going to be days where he's out of the lineup. There's going to be days where, you know, Ellie De La Cruz gets a, gets a breather. There's going to be days where everybody in that lineup gets a breather. Fraley and India and Steer and Benson and Friedel and McLean, and you're not dropping them. So it's just because Steer was the odd man out on the first day, people were panicking all over the place, all over Twitter. All, you can see it on fantasy apps, the percentages going down, for roster percentages. Dude, please do not worry. Please do not worry about Spencer Steer. Is it going to be maybe a little bit less playing time than before? Maybe you take away one game a week from him, but that's still putting him right in the realm of 12-team roster ability. 10-teamers as well. I'm not dropping him. You want to drop him in a very, very, very shallow 6-8 team league? Even then, I wouldn't really want to do it because he's been a top 100 fantasy player so far this season. There's not really any circumstances outside of the absolute, absolute shallowest of leagues where I would want to be letting go of Spencer Steer. I had a bunch of people ask me about him today. The answer is hold. There's no reason to drop him right now. 
Got a bunch of questions here that we're going to get through. So the first one is, I'm a frustrated frustrated Anthony Rizzo owner. Need to beef up my first base production. Also have Spencer Steer. Hint, hint. Uh, but concerned about positional platoon uh, following CES promotion, Christian Encarnacion Strand. So he's saying there's a Brayu, Renfro, Wisdom, and Ford, best available free agents. Is there an ad drop scenario there? So I'm done with Anthony Rizzo. There's really not a hell of a lot there right now. Uh, he's batting better than he did last year in terms of batting average, 250, but it's coming along with piss poor production in terms of homers, in terms of runs, in terms of RBIs. None of it's great. None of it is great. There's no real need to hold on to a poor Anthony Rizzo in a poor Yankees lineup. Jose Abreu at least is in a very good lineup. He's been starting to turn it around recently, so I am very much more interested in Jose Abreu, even though he's still not great, much better lineup around him. At least he's been good as well uh, over the last month or so. He's been pretty good. Where Rizzo, he's been awful. So I'm very happy to make that switch there, Abreu for Rizzo. Uh, recently picked up Strand and have Edward Cabrera coming off my IL. Currently have Jaron Duran, Muncie, and CES as options for two utility spots. Who goes to 12-team league? I think it's Max Muncie. I honestly think Max Muncie can go. You know, you might be hesitant to drop a bat in the middle of the Dodgers order. There's really not much that he does for you. He hits you home runs. You know, he gives you decent counting stats. Yes, I think the potential of Strand in that lineup is a lot more enticing to me than Muncie. I wouldn't, Jaron Duran's out of the equation. Jaron Duran has been excellent this season. He's batting like 320. He's giving you a nice little power speed mix. There's no, there's no way I'm dropping him. With Muncie, uh, he's batting a buck 91. Over the last month, a buck 89, just three home runs. Uh, he's not somebody that you can really rely on for much outside of home runs. If you really desperately need home runs, then sure, keep Max Muncie. That's all he's giving you. That's really all he's giving you. The counting stats are pretty good, I guess, but he's looking at about the same run and RBI combined total as we got Spencer Steer in Cincinnati. You know, it's not like you need to be holding on to Dodgers bats like in years prior because the offense is so great. You need to have those middle of the order Dodgers bats. Even if they're even if they're batting seventh or eighth on the Dodgers, they're gonna have value. No, that the more likely you're gonna get that value from Cincinnati bats this year. I'll take the unknown potential of Strand over what Max Muncie has given us at this point. So that would be uh, an easy drop for me for Max Muncy. Uh, the next question we got is about Lars Nupar. Uh, optimistic that he picks up the power at all. I don't know that we're going to see like a huge power season from him. Right now, Nupar is at six home runs. I could see him maybe touching what he got last year, 14 or 15. I still think regardless of the power, you're going to see decent fantasy value. A lot of the time, he's batting towards the top of that Cardinals lineup. And I've said this a bunch of times. I tweeted it out recently as well. St. Louis's lineup is a lot better than you might think. You know, they're a top 10 offense across the board. They're 10th in runs, they're 8th in hits, they're 9th in average, they're 6th in on base percentage, they're 7th in home runs. Across the board, they are a top 10 offense. Nupar usually batting at the top of that order. Whether or not it comes from the power, there's going to be fantasy juice there from Nupar. So I think, yeah, you can see another 7, 8 home runs down the stretch, but you're going to get kind of just an all-around good fantasy player at the top of, again, shockingly, a good lineup. Uh, it's been more so the pitching that's killed them this year, where they're ranking, for the most part, bottom five, bottom seven team. It's not the offense's fault. I like a Nupar. I'm not dropping him. He's only on 48% of Yahoo rosters. I do like picking him up if he's sitting around. Aroldis Chapman or Carlos Estevez. I lean Aroldis Chapman ever so slightly now because he's going to be getting some save opportunities which is kind of crazy to me. I don't think he should, but he is, according to Bochi. You figure if you're going to you know, have two closers that are kind of in a committee, they're going to be opposite-handedness. You're not going to have two lefties platooning the closer role. Regardless, that's what we're looking at right now. You're getting great strikeouts. You're getting what has been incredible ratios from Chapman as well. 
on a team that's going to have a lot more opportunities to get wins slash saves down the road than Estevez. I also think Estevez is a decent trade candidate for the Angels should they start to tear things down. He's somebody that's come out of the blue this year, had a really great season, more than 20 saves. He's got a 219 ERA. The whip is a little high at 130, but teams will look at that ERA and those save numbers, and they will go after Estevez at the deadline. I think a contender will try and add him. Whether or not he remains in the closer role, I really don't know. If I had to lean one way or the other, I'd say they probably trade him. There's no real need. Again, the Angels are a stupid organization, so who knows what they're going to do. But Carlos Estevez should be somebody that gets traded at the deadline. I'm kind of basing part of my answer on that as well. Even if he wasn't going to get traded, you could argue Chapman. You're getting much better strikeout numbers. You're getting similar ratios. You're going to now be getting kind of similar number of saves potentially. It's not about the stats that they did in the first half. That those, those stats don't really matter to you for fantasy purposes anymore. It can tell you, you know, certain, certain things. But you're looking at what you're going to get down the stretch now. And I think if you're looking at the second half of the season, I'd rather take, um, I'd rather take a role as Chapman. Speculation on a Judge slash Chisholm return date. Now, Aaron Judge, that was actually a good update today. Uh, it was, was it today or was it maybe last night? No, it was today, actually. Aaron Boone, he was on the Talkin' Yanks podcast, uh, the, the John Boy. I think that, yeah, it's John Boy. And uh, apparently he's getting close to return from the injured list. Uh, he was asked whether the beginning of the July 25th series against the Mets was a realistic target. He didn't rule it out. So we could be seeing Aaron Judge back over the next week, which that Gladiator team that I drafted on Friday, if you guys listen to that podcast, I took Aaron Judge in like the seventh round because he kept falling and falling. I was just hoping for a lucky break. And it looks like I might have got one. So I think within the next week or two, you're going to see Aaron Judge. Jazz Chisholm is a lot more complicated question there. I honestly don't really know. I would say at best, it's going to be a couple of weeks at best. And at worst, that we still might be looking at a lot longer. We haven't really gotten too much on him recently. Uh, let me just do a quick search of Twitter because you never know when a bit of information is going to come out. But I haven't really seen much about him over the last week or two. I, I honestly really can't say with any real degree of certainty, but it's going to be at least a few weeks still for Jazz at the best. Um, so I, I don't really have a huge expectation there, but I don't think it should be too, too long. Uh, sell high on Blake Snell to get Devin Williams. If it fits your team, if you need it, again, I think Williams is potentially a guy who could get traded at the deadline as well. We've seen talk over the last couple of years of maybe they're going to trade him. I, I think it's a fine trade. If you're going to trade Blake Snell, you're selling him high, you're getting a top, borderline top 20 player. It makes sense if you need saves, but you've got to keep in mind in the back of your head that there is a chance Devin Williams could be somebody that gets dealt at some point as well. Um, but I think it is a reasonable sell high, a very reasonable sell high uh, to sell Snell and get back Williams. Uh, TJ Friedel or Seiya Suzuki, I'm going to have to go with Friedel there, I think. even It's fairly close, but Friedel, he's batting at the top of the order, playing pretty much every single day. He's given you so far nearly a 300 average, 16 steals, 6 homers. That lineup is just so much fun, too, every day. They're, they're just so good. Seiya Suzuki, he's been rather underwhelming. He has 7 home runs, he's batting 250, only 2 steals. Over the last month, we're looking at one homer and one steal with a 200 batting average. That's over 75 at-bats, too. It has not been great for him. It really has not been great. Uh, I'll take Friedel there. I will, I will take Friedel pretty happily, honestly, the more I think about it over, say, a Suzuki. Uh, predictions for Quinn Priester over the rest of the season. Nothing that makes me want to go and add him. There's really nothing in the profile that screams fantasy relevance. He's pitching for the Pirates, so <clears throat> their odds are he's not winning another game this year. Not here. I mean, not winning a game in general this year. He just had the one start so far. Uh, but he's not a big strikeout guy. He's not a huge control guy either. Various ports, uh, portions of his minor league career, 
<coughs> excuse me, he was walking close to 10% of batters, you know, not always, but generally you're looking at like 7, 9, 7, uh, you know, 17, although I think that's probably over just one or two starts. It's just generally a high walk rate that you're getting with a low strikeout rate, pitching for a bad team. The pedigree is fine, but he's never really dominated at the minor league level. I mean, 2022 in AA, he was pretty good. Once he got the AAA, not quite as good at all. This year in AAA, he's been all right. 431 ERA, 429 XFIP. There's just nothing really exciting here uh, in this profile, especially pitching for the Pirates. If you're getting called up and you're pitching for the Braves with this exact same profile, I'd be a lot more interested. But what he's doing, I, I really don't think it'll be that interesting. Uh, so Quinn Priester, if you did drop him, let me just double-check the roster percentage here. It can't be that high, but 8% of people, I mean, Jesus, that's that's really a high number. Uh, there's no need that I see to be adding him, to be holding him at any point. I would drop him and move on to the next thing. But that'll do it. That's a fairly quick mailbag. We got through pretty much all the questions here. I appreciate you guys continuing to chime in every single Tuesday. We're going to keep that up going forward. And then it'll stop, actually, on the Tuesday of August the 1st because that's when we're going to be doing our live trade deadline show. I haven't really talked too much about it, but two weeks from today, it's crazy. It's really coming up on us. i got to start planning out that schedule. Uh, we're going to be doing a live trade deadline show. It'll probably be about five hours long, 1 to 6 p.m. I think the deadline's at 6 p.m. I'm trying to you know time the ending for, for that. And I think... I think it'll be 6 p.m. because that's when it usually is, right? I'm going to double-check that, but it should be about 1 to 6 p.m. We're going to be live on Tuesday. Still be another mailbag that we'll do next week, and then maybe we'll squeeze one in later on in that first week of August. But that Tuesday will be dedicated to the Trade Deadline Show. Hope you guys are going to be here. We're going to have a lot of cool fantasy baseball people from around the industry. Should be a lot of fun. But until tomorrow, guys, you can hit me up over on Twitter. I'm at JoeOrico99 at ethosfantasybb, and also at sportsethos.com. You can get all of our great content across all four major sports. We got DFS, we got wagering, we got team coverage, we got it all. So make sure you're going to sportsethos.com. But guys, until tomorrow, I hope you have a great night. Take care, and cheers. Cheers.